Hi, everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I'm Jess Geyer. I'm one half of one of the games, and I make tabletop role-playing games. And I'm here with my co-host, Craig Campbell. Hi, Craig. Hi, Jess. I'm Craig Campbell. I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games and also make tabletop role-playing games. And today we are going to complete the one half because we have Alex here. Alex, who are you? Uh, I'm the other half of wannabe games, <laughs> I guess. I think that's the best way to put it. That should fill in everyone for what I do. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because everyone knows everything that I do now. Uh, but tell us about yourself. Um, I make games <laughs> and I play games. But I'm omnivorous in my tastes for the most part. So I play all types of games. I was more a speed runner and competitive video game player like 10 years ago than I was a tabletop person. But I'm not very good at those. So I started making <laughs> tabletop games. Tabletop is slower. <laughs> I can it take is a lot time. Slower. Can you speed run? Can you speed run a tabletop role playing game is a good question. I bet I could do it. Speed run D&D. That'll be my next <laughs> my next project. Does, uh, do you win if you die or do you have to get to a plot? I think you have to like speed run one of the adventures that they like come up with that Wizards of the Coast comes up with on their own. You have to try to get yeah. through it as fast as possible. I guess you could do that with a even without uh, not knowing what you're getting into. You could like plan for it, build the right teams. That actually sounds fun. I'd do that. <laughs> Put a bunch of uh, groups against each other. And then if someone like messes up a role, everyone's like, oh, my God, look at this guy. This combat took way too long. <laughs> they not failed on the by. lock. That's you a kept five rolling low loss. damage. Come on. <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, there there's an event for a convention. But Alex, you have uh, you have proposed because this is a, a an interesting episode because you you are my husband and my game design partner. Um, you you have proposed an an interesting little twist on what we usually do with our podcast so you want to explain kind of what your idea is where you're going with this today yeah um i don't think i have a super specific and interesting uh point of view on gming or uh making games necessarily except for the fact that it's a lot easier than people think it is so you should just start making something so I want to make something right now and show a little bit of how the process is to start and how much it is kind of like making jokes with your friends uh, and you're just kind of throwing stuff wildly out there. Now, the end part is really hard, but this beginning part is super easy and everyone should do it. Yeah, it, it's also a lot of fun just to like do this kind of conversation with people when you're with other game designers or even people who aren't it's it's been fun to talk about oh well, how would you make a game based on this like what would you do mm -hmm. watch a movie like oh how would you make that into a game uh alex and i kind of got our start designing games in this way um we wanted to just try it out so we got on twitch and we designed the game live on camera after coming up we we threw a bunch of ideas at each other uh, we picked one and we designed for it. So our first one was, I've talked about it before on the podcast, Let's Be Grandma, where you play grandmas doing um, grandma things like trying to get everyone at your uh, at the potluck to taste your potato salad or 
saving the president, whatever your grandma is you know, doing. You know what grandmas do. Yeah. So we had mechanics like involving grandchildren and hard candy and things that grandmas do. It was very simple, but it was very <laughs> fun to do. Um, so I, I'm excited to try this out. Um, so Alex, what's the what's the first? Yeah, this this collaborative type of, of nature too is something I'm very familiar with because I, I work with Alex in all of the games. But Alex, what's the what's the first step? What are we gonna do first? So we're gonna pick a subject and uh, in our, our pre- before we start recording, uh, Craig made a good point of the the more niche your subject is, the kind of easier it is to design for. Um, and my thought of how to pick the subject was going to be Craig's latest tweet about a movie. <laughs> and okay, he, he, I'm he trying tweeted, to remember what I tweeted. Technically, you tweeted earlier today a Star Trek tweet of Patrick Stewart uh, being both sci-fi and fantasy. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I think the, the genre has to be your super future people hiding in uh, either medieval times or at a red fair. Wh- which do you think <laughs> is more fun? <laughs> the secret of a red fair or, or actually going back in time uh, like a D&D scenario, but you're trying to hide the fact that you're from space? Oh, boy. I like actually going back to like back in time. Okay. Cause the Ren Faire thing I've, I've done, I've performed at Ren Faires and that tends to, you know, like the best Ren Faires are where the, where the performers will just accept that. Like, Oh, those are just people that are doing mm-hmm. a thing and they'll just mm-hmm. kind of let them play. And it, it, you know, it's, it's all collaborative. And we're all happy. And the people who are doing star Trek are just pretending they're on the holodeck, you know, and all that. Yeah. Um, but like, like literally like actual honest to goodness, medieval period where like bad things could happen to you <laughs> other than just getting a bad turkey leg um. yeah yeah I, I think that like making a whole game based on like you're at the Ren fair could be fun in like a weird goofy way um like oh you think that you are actually in medieval times but you ended up just you know outside of chicago at the medieval times <laughs> uh <laughs> and you're like you're trying to be anthropologists in a in a silly bad way (laughs) but i don't think that that is very sustaining like when you actually try to plot that premise i don't think you can do much with it but craig i think your your instincts are right there that also they would be too nice or maybe a little annoyed like ah here are the star trek people again the ren fair they always think they're so much better than us it was funny the first time but you guys have been doing this for a decade okay like we need to stop (laughs) (laughs) please have a turkey get your own thing um but yeah, so how I would go about this is <laughs> literally I I pick out what media has done this already and kind of decide what are the cool scenes because that's what I want people to play out. And my mind goes to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because that's probably you know the best movie made. But I think this has happened in like a dozen different movies. Yeah, but I have I don't think I've ever watched or or read anything where it was someone from the our future mm-hmm. you know going back because there's stuff like the black knight and um i mean i think technically the second book in the death world series would be this but i think that's that's more my type of thing <laughs> next generation does it with the times arrows story yeah 
the two-parter where they have to go back right. and find Data's head. <laughs> and they meet Guinan before she ever knew anybody. So it's the first time she, that, she, you know, uh, Guinan has met Picard because she was always like, always seemed to know so much about Picard. And that story tells us like, oh, because she's met him like mm. hundreds of years earlier for her. Um, there's Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which right. is really futuristic, yes. but that's, that's a classic Twain tale that, uh, and I, I read that many years ago. I don't remember a lot of the details, but I do remember him like, you know, using today or that, you know, for that time period, you know, um, revolutionary era technology and, and like inventing things that didn't exist <laughs> in King Arthur's Court. And that's, uh, I'm pretty sure the black knight with martin lawrence is also supposed to be a take yeah. on that yeah. <laughs> story it is <laughs> and uh, we were we, that was a trivia question <laughs> a couple nights ago oh, yeah. uh, that was the answer to a trivia question yeah i i hear a couple of things from what you're saying um both of you like i mean first of all you're you're back there i think that's kind of where where a game would open up right mm-hmm. but um the use of technology I think is like to make it interesting, they have to have some of their tech, but also they need to be trying with a purpose to either get back or to achieve something too. I think this uh, a mainstay of that genre. Yeah. Do you think it's more interesting to make people need to make a thing happen or acquire a thing? Like they're using their historical knowledge to push events so like say a marriage happens or be like we need to steal king arthur's sword initial thought is to make an event happen now you open up the giant wormhole that is time travel and grandfather paradoxes and all that sort of stuff whereas the idea of going back to get some object or some knowledge that is lost to the ages mm-hmm. like we know this thing existed or the knowledge mm-hmm. of this thing existed we don't have it anymore there's no record of it it hasn't come forward to the future so we're going to go get it is more interesting um and doesn't get as messy <laughs> with mm-hmm. where, where it suddenly becomes a time travel story and you, you might get preoccupied with that sort of thing yeah okay Does, uh, yeah I, i'm question. not like i don't the, the time travel thing can get a little messy. I don't think it matters really in a Not game. Not really. But, yeah. I mean, we could we, you could do either. Yeah. Does but quantum if we want to leap it, also time travel? Quantum leap is absolutely time travel. Sam okay. Beckett I... travels within his own lifetime. Oh, um, okay. But the thing is, he goes back with um, they 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 cut they cover the whole issue of him knowing too much by having him have what they were to, refer to as Swiss cheese memory, which is he doesn't remember a lot. Oh no! Um, he goes back knowing all the basics of how to function. He knows all of his like book learning stuff. He speaks like seven languages and all this thing, all this sort of thing. But he doesn't know, like he doesn't know much of anything about like most most of history he only like it's he slowly kind of gets it back it's one of those things that like when he first goes back he, he's completely lost and they make it a story arc where he starts to kind of remember different things and i've never seen quantum leap i just know that there's like a reboot coming up okay. uh, i've watched the first episode it was pretty solid as okay. a as a big fan of quantum leaper of quantum leap hey i made a game about it i i enjoyed the first episode anyway yeah but that that's definitely but he that's usually he's he's fixing something in somebody's life well, that's the whole shtick of the, of the show. There's, there's a question too. Are in in our game like there are different ways you can travel back? Like, are you inhabiting the body of somebody 
who is actually there because that could oh. that could come up with some interesting things like oh you accidentally ended up in the body of a feudal lord or a a surf or a, a surf with no access to anything and yeah. nobody's gonna believe anything you have to say yeah or someone who like the court jester like what are we gonna do that or is it going to be like oh we need to disguise ourselves because i am here in my red shirt uh oh what uh and i need to get around here without scaring the locals and making them think that we are demons or whatever i think it's kind of for me it depends if the game's funny or not <laughs> because yeah. like yeah, a more comedic a game i'm going with you go into other people's bodies although i guess that's that could go either way i think there's more possibility for wacky hijinks if you are forced to impersonate someone out mm -hmm. of time, um, you can have wacky hijinks no matter what, but it predisposes you toward another avenue of doing it. If you know, you have to try to mm. play the part like, and then you can have great dichotomies like the really haughty, um, knowledgeable scientist from the future has to, ends up in the body of a surf mm -hmm. who can't like, I can't go off spouting all this knowledge and everything that's going to like, I'll blow my cover immediately. Um, I, I'm going to get angry every time somebody orders me to do something or, or, you know, has any authority over me. I can already start seeing like some of the things that you could make in the mechanics. I don't know if you want to start talking a little bit about that, but would, um, would this game just as a, as a general question, would this game have, like, would you have sort not necessarily random, but like, you know how you pick playbooks and, and classes and things like that? Would you have one for the person you are on your big spaceship from the future or and one from the medieval times or just your spaceship person? We can talk about that later. I'm just. Thinking. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I, I, I have a few uh, like kind of ideas of like blocking stuff out of what we'd want to focus on. Um, so I think. The general idea is you're you're being sent back to a time to find a thing, um, and you're from say we'll just throw you in a spaceship somewhere. So faster than light travel era of the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, how that looks doesn't really matter to me, and why you're doing it is to save the universe, and that's it. Um, <laughs> sure. Or I I actually like th this is just narrative. But we can just say a big AI computer is telling you to do this and won't actually give you that much more information so that you feel a little weird about it. Oh, humanity has entrusted their future to this mm. AI that's solving their problems for them. Yeah. And oh. so you you don't you don't have to have a big argument about it. You're just you're all united in this goal. Well, we have to do this because this is how AI is going to save us. Yeah, I'm 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 seeing an episodic nature of this mm -hmm. already. See, if I were running this game, the AI would be evil. It would have to yeah, happen. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it is it's gathering trying a bunch to make the AI stuff. powerful. Yeah. yeah, no, it's gathering a bunch of stuff from out history to do something nefarious. Who knows? Can AI be evil? Not a question to answer on this on this podcast. That's but... that's for the sister game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Where you come back with the thing and now you have to fight the AI that suddenly has all the pieces that it needs to destroy humanity. <laughs> Thank you, space travelers, <laughs> time travelers. <laughs> Great name for the game right there. Thank you, space travelers. <laughs> Thank you, space time travelers. <laughs> um, what other what other hallmarks of, of this genre are there, or do we need to make it more specific? Are we uh, are we 
traveling back in our own bodies or are we inhabiting bodies? Yeah, I think that's important to oh, yeah. decide. I think it is funner, <laughs> which is a word, yep. uh, to end up in random bodies, basically. And actual, like, actual random tables. Yeah. You don't yeah. get to choose what body you end up in. I like that. Yeah. See, I was thinking of uh, like a dice thing of like you roll and try to get, you can be like, oh, the AI will send us to like the body that's closest to ours uh, or what we're thinking. But if you like mess up that roll, you basically get the opposite. Or you can try to shoot for like, I'm going to try to be like a, a big hulking lumberjack this time because that's the type of skill set we're going to need. And then you're like, nope, missed your roll. You're, you're their wife. Uh, and now you <laughs> are extremely good at uh, like darning socks. Hey, that's a very age useful skill. I have an I have an idea for the I have an idea for what the mechanic should be to actually make that determination. But yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah. So I think a little goofy feeling is is big for what we're talking about. I think the weird AI at the beginning works well. You're sent back to a time. Would you think you should plot in the future before you go back or are you rushed out the door? Because mm, that's also a good question. I think you you have a nebulous the AI tells you, oh, there's only certain times you're able to go back. This isn't the perfect like thing. So you have three days to Ooh. get this accomplished. Yeah, putting thing. a clock on it. Like you got to wait for the wormholes to align. Or whatever science junk you're going to throw at them. Yep. Yeah. I dig that. I like that. Yeah. And otherwise, you're stuck there. Otherwise, you could have a game that just keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. And it's like, eventually, we'll find the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it before it's destroyed or before it gets moved someplace that we don't know where it ended up. Yeah. Be yes. Before it gets thrown in the volcano, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I think that could be a lot of fun and it can make it feel a little. You know, not necessarily rushed, but if this is meant to be, uh, well, we're getting into farce. I mean, yeah. We're, yeah. you know, we're it's wacky zany. It's gonna be yeah. like, whoa, 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 let's know? go fast. Don't yeah, do don't it, go doing a very serious time travel one. It puts you too much in a the Assassin's Creed uh, future lore, which is I know there's apparently some fans for, it, but I used to watch that to fall asleep too. <laughs> oh, on that point, should okay slightly uh negative uh feelings but should there be like certain people that if you injure and or kill it ruins the timeline and everyone everything's destroyed because Ooh. like they're they're important in history um and on that because i'm thinking of assassin's creed does that also mean there's some people that like oops we killed them nope it's fine uh when you like check your watch there absolutely should be and yeah. if we have a list of random people that you can end up with certain ones of them have to have that kind of contingency attached to them where if you end up in this important noble there has to be something that you have to make sure you don't screw up and the gm can just you know can develop what that is you can't yeah. screw up their marriage don't screw up their marriage because they still got to have this kid it's very yeah. important to some, you know, future events or whatever. Don't, you know, whatever it is, the GM can come up with. There should, I think, I like the idea of if you're going to have a random table of who you can end up in, like you could end up in exactly where you wanted to be, not so much where you wanted to be, and also not so much where you wanted to be, and you better not mess this up. I like that a lot because it <laughs> also... Because in a group, you're probably going to end up with somebody just by 
you know, probability, you're probably going to end up with somebody who has those restrictions that they have to deal with, which means yeah. everybody has to deal with those restrictions. Yes. I like it because it makes it so you don't have to have the players worrying like, uh oh, we did this in the past and now the future is going to be affected. We can kind of throw a lampshade over that and be like, mm-hmm. no, you just don't affect. This these is the things. only thing you can't do. Yes. <laughs> like you might mess up 50 years of history, but that's in the grand scheme of things. Come on. Come on. Yeah, it'll work its way out. The AI, somebody the will AI still, says it's good. Somebody will still cure polio. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. Yeah, Jonah Salk. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I like having those parameters that make, like, I'm thinking of me mm-hmm. from a GM point of view. Like, how would I restrain, not like put them in a box or a railroad or anything, but how would I restrain my players from just straight up blasting everyone and taking what they need i like that i can i can see how it would make the game actually work and run Mm -hmm. for sure while still making it fun and also not too in the in the nitty-gritty of the science and to your point about prepping here's a thought on a way that you could integrate a prepping scenario that actually makes for this because if we're jumping into people's bodies ostensibly you would think oh we just get into them and we don't take anything with us Mm -hmm. because we're leaving our bodies behind yeah but what if there's a special box that can travel through time and the box is only this big so it can only hold so much stuff and the ai can send that box back with us Oh, they can. We, okay. we physical bodies, human living bodies can't travel through time. We have to project our mm-hmm. consciousness and an intellect into someone else, but we can send this box full of stuff. Yeah. You can't, you can't that's, send any that's meat. That's not back. alive. I like that. But it's small. I maybe another way to do it. Like, cause if we're thinking like, ah, uh, the system to send you into this body can be a little off depending on how well you do. Maybe the system for like bringing in the stuff you want to bring with you is also a little off. Like you could get really well. You could bring all three things you wanted to bring with you or none. But I, I don't know. Also the limitation on or size they could, could come be through, good. They could, come through, they could come through broken. So the mm. first thing you have to do is repair them with parts that you don't have. They could come melded together. So now you've got like, we, we were going to have you carry this piece of equipment and you carry this piece of equipment, but now we've got this one big chunky thing <laughs> that we have to hide. You could have a whole random table for like what happens to the stuff in the box. Yeah. And sometimes it ends yeah. up fine and sometimes it gets all effed up. I think, yeah, for how complex it is would be like, I think if you're trying to bring like a piece of technology, it's more likely to be messed up than like, no, I'm bringing a knife. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is fine. I'm just going to bring a knife this time. It's It's too much. <laughs> yeah, well, you I, can I also find a fun. knife. Yeah, yeah, you can easily find well, a knife. Maybe if you're going back to caveman era, you could have the best knife there. That's true. <laughs> Become the <laughs> king of cavemen. Uh, I okay. So I'm. I think now's a good time to start. Yeah, like mechanical. actually looking at mechanics, right? Sure. Or is there anything that we need to narrow down? Um, we can, if we hit a bump where we think, oh, we forgot to narrow this down, we can take mm-hmm. a side track and narrow it down. Yeah. So on the point of equipment, 
I think then because this is future spacey time travel, I don't know if we necessarily need to actually make this list, but I would think that the mechanic would have to be, there is a set list of things you can bring with you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's futuristic and not like super, you know, we don't know what's there. Um, And, oh, I'm going to bring my pocket watch sized communicator mm-hmm. with or yeah. mind eraser like there needs my, to be my, a list a tricorder my scanner device that yeah can, yeah although i do think like a scanner device is should be in the list yeah <laughs> Some sort but of we're not scanner. gonna we're not gonna make the list right right i would say that the, the there's no violence in the future so you can't bring a weapon it's like Oh, no, the AI has gotten rid of all of that. Yeah. Already solved that so, problem for us. So, yeah, melted down all the weapons. <laughs> all them part of slides. the master plan. <laughs> um, I actually, that is so... I can first see thing the first the AI line did of this was game. Get rid of all our weapons. Yeah. I can see the first line of the game. There is no violence in the future. Our AI overlord has solved that for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now there's just one more problem for humanity. We got to get this junk. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, okay yeah i like i like no weapons no wanton violence unless you're doing it with swords and clubs and bows and arrows <laughs> right i know mean, back then there's a lot of violence that's that's their fault we're gonna have problems having violence in the game no we don't no, need um, a laser beam <laughs> right exactly nothing nothing I think uh, wild like that if you bring tech it can't be seen uh, if it's future from them, right? That's that's got to be a thing. Otherwise, it'll cause some yeah, kind like of a prime directive sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you have to hide it as like a thing from their era. I don't think you and necessarily that- have to hide it. I think you just need to like not do it in front yeah. of them. Not be seen using it. And then that right. becomes a skill, you know, surreptitiously yeah. using technology. Mm-hmm. or explaining it away it becomes like the mage thing where like you can do the wacky magic that does the weird thing but as long as you can explain it so that it doesn't seem like paradoxical so it seems like it could actually happen it's okay yes i mm-hmm. like that well, let's talk about some skills that you would have as these characters are are we thinking like there would be specialized characters like oh you're the captain normally you're normally the doctor are we gonna do something like that or- i do like the idea of just kind of giving people uh well i would just say tropes but i wonder if there's a not i'm not, I'm not saying more interesting but like a less used way of uh things that would be so like what if they took a history department to do this instead of because there's not going to be like armed soldiers in our no violence future unless it's straight star trek so if we said like so the costume designer from this school goes and they're the tailor uh and they right and the ai selected you because yeah we need somebody that can make sure you can pass Mm. in this era (laughs) and so so it becomes this really ridiculously mismatched group of people it's not like the people on a starship where you're like oh well we'll take the science officer and we'll take the doctor and we'll take the And like a like a, a chef who had a history degree but then did not get a history job. And they're like, well, we needed someone who understood the cuisine back then. And they're like, okay, I guess. Like that doesn't really seem like I'm the best person for this. And like, no, AI said you were actually. Uh, I, so- I think in that case, like we don't need to say like that can be a decision that the players can make. And then you just like let them choose from a a list of skills. Like here's what you're good at. 
Well, I was and just wondering. You can say like, why are you there? Like, why did the AI select you? Like the playbook side, like what Jess is getting at with the playbook thing, the playbooks could be incredibly vague. It could be you're the expert of in this field. And here's a list of things that you can be an expert in. You are, you know, you are a teacher of the, you know, that's kind of like an expert thing, but like you can just whatever the, like. You're the nurturer. um, you're, you're the nurturer. You're the laborer. Mom or you're the maybe, laborer. You do, yeah. you know how to do, you know how to build things. Um, and yeah. then you can be, and then it can be mechanical, mechanical electrician. You know, like you just all these different things that you might, uh, you know, construction work, cabinetry, like, you know, whatever it can be, like, and yeah. it, it can be really, really broad. I, I like then, it. Being and then you hone like that. that in. Cause then you can like, like, I don't know anything about being a tailor, like very few people, unless you're a tailor, know about that as a skill and then trying to role play that would be even harder you know uh i i mm. think also it lets everyone well, that's where <laughs> yeah it, it lets everyone kind of pick something that's a little weird for them like they want to do but then they have within that vague playbook like oh i can fit i can fit this into this idea well i'm gonna say they you know they can always fall back to and then i do some tailoring stuff yeah dice roll you know yeah they don't have to sit there and talk about how they're <laughs> sewing yeah. the garments to look correct for the era. Well, we can't wear pansy slops. It's not late enough in the Renaissance. <laughs> See, I know, I know some people who would be on that though. <laughs> no, so, right. But for people who want to be able to be like, what happened? This is, this is the perfect opportunity for somebody to play themselves. That's mm-hmm. true. And, and play true. their knowledge and be like, oh, I'm I'm an architect. Like, hey, Mr. GM, find a reason for there to be an architect necessary for this because I want to play someone like me. Yeah. Yes. 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 And then since we're inhabiting bodies, my thought was, I don't know if you, either of you have ever, ever played The Strange by uh, Monty Cook Games. It's a game where you have a character, but then you travel to different worlds. And when you go to the different worlds, your character changes to fit the world somewhat. Mm-hmm. And you do an overlay thing. You have like you have like a half a character sheet that gets laid over your oh, character sheet and it changes your cool. character. I like so that. what I'm what I'm wondering is if this game is you've got a character sheet, the top half of it is this is your memory, your learning, your intellect, all the stuff that you're gonna take with you from the future. And then this bottom one down here is this is your physicality, your endurance, like everything about the body that you're going to inhabit. And you don't get that bottom piece until you travel. Mm. And your current relationships though, too. Like, right. Cause we need that as an important type of mechanic in the game. Like what right. are and your it can, links it can to be, people? It can be like keywords or, or key phrases about like, you know, if you jumped into the noble, okay, you're probably going to be in, in good physical condition because you have the time to exercise and, and go on hunts and do got tournaments teeth. and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You got teeth, you <laughs> eat well. And, you know, you have, uh, you know, vassals and, and a, a retainer and whatever, you know, you mm-hmm. can have these things all listed as like, this. Yeah. like, here's the other half of your character. Yeah. 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 <laughs> after you roll. <laughs> I like that a lot. I think it'd be really fun to be like, okay, now here's the stuff you rolled for. <laughs> I'm the benevolent. AI. Now you've Don't built worry. this perfect mind. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what your body is going to end up being. And then all of a sudden you're the laborer who knows how to build things and you end up in like this malnourished surf. I love it. I love it so much. I, and you have to try oh, to use some of your, you have to be directing other people <laughs> to do it instead of you like my bones hurt. I don't know why my bones hurt. <laughs> you're a malnourished surf 12 year old. 
you're also just you're middle not, age. You're, you're prepubescent. You're or or you're just yeah. You're you know yeah. You like you're in absolutely the wrong body for it. Or you could get lucky and be in exactly the right body for it. So Craig, you had an idea fun. for the like the mechanics of the rolling, or was that the one you were talking about? Yeah. Well, I thought I had and I had I had an idea for the for the equipment in the box and an idea for the mechanics of figuring out what body you end up in is. Mechanics in the box is not even a role thing. It's just like all of your equipment, you've got your list of equipment I just mentioned, right? We mm -hmm. all kind of agree. There's like, here's going to be a page long list of equipment and everything has a complexity factor or something we call it, right? And the box can only take so many points mm. of complexity factor. So it becomes arguments between the group. Like what can we, we got 10 points of complexity factor. Somebody says, well, you absolutely need this and this, but those take up nine points and everybody else, you know, half the other people are like, well, that's an awful lot. That's putting all of our eggs in, <laughs> in, in those two baskets, in those two items that are going to, what happens if one of them gets damaged, blah, 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 you know? And then if you got items that are very small complexity, oh, we could take two just in case. Mm -hmm. Like then be, there becomes a viable argument. Like people can have those discussions about like, we should take two of this like micro uh, scanner device because if one of, if we only take one and it gets all messed up, we're screwed. Yeah. I like that yeah. having the that like a point system. How many points can you fit in the box, and can you make it useful? I I kind of like inventory control. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know if I would want to. I like that idea, but I'm adding on to it. Of that's fine for for the complexity. I have a, in my mind someone stacking dice for like oh this is a six complexity item. And then having to lift the dice up and down to see if it makes it through the time travel. And I just keep having that idea of someone dropping all their dice and be like, oh man, the teleprompt or the <laughs> tricorder is destroyed. I really messed that one up. But I don't know if that would work. Yeah, I don't know if it would work. Because <laughs> it's I, physical I, dexterity. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't think I'd be able to do it. I and... mean, <laughs> electing someone at the table to do it and having it mess up <laughs> sounds like the perfect way to start a mission, though. <laughs> um is is there another way we could do this like okay like how does it like how do we determine how much something does get messed up how much your destined body or your like how are we going to make oh, that as far as feel good where you end up yeah um well we don't know what the dice system is yet <laughs> i right, don't know right. if we will actually just determining what that is but let's say it was a d6 based system just i bring that up to the table because i've made a bunch of mini games that mm -hmm. use like d6s multiple pools of easy. d6s yeah. and they're easy and everybody's got a whole crap load of them and you for for every character has to roll a d what they call a d66 which is to roll two six-sided dice you end up with 36 possibilities um but if you roll doubles you end up where you wanted to be mm -hmm. So you've already, you've, you've got a, you know, a decent chance, basically a one in six chance um, of ending up where you wanted to be. And then you've got the other 30 possibilities of all these other things. Now that makes, that requires, well, it doesn't require 30 bodies. <laughs> it doesn't require 36 bodies um, because you could have numbers duplicate, mm -hmm. but you could do it, you know with like, you know, roll odds and evens and then roll a six, a D six, or you could roll D fours or like you could, you could bring that number down. Um, but that's just a thought. Cause I like the, I, I love, I love roll the, the, the idea, uh, the, the whole rolling of dicing doubles being something special. Mm -hmm. 
I, I like imagining that the game has this whole setup period too. So part of the fun is this whole <laughs> section of the game. Uh, what if the list of these possible bodies were generated by the players and the GM themselves? Like you can write them on little slips of paper. You um, get to choose, like, I want to be in this type of a body. Um, I want like, I want to be this person. Here's mine. And then everyone else gives you one of theirs. Like, here's another one, mm-hmm. like kind of a screw your neighbor thing. I don't know how long that would take. And I don't know how, if it would work with having mechanics on the actual body because that would take that would be a lot of work to do at the table i think you could do a few of those really quick if you did it uh like paranoia style where you write this is a this is a street urchin with a heart of gold and then pass it over to the right one and they're like um they have five knives on them like Mm -hmm. and then like pass it over um like they they hang out under the church you know like Mm -hmm. And each person just ranks something new, so you don't get to decide everything. But then people could make, like, oh, this is actually a good character, and this one's kind of uh, not great. Uh, and but I like it being a, a role. I like it. I like the mm-hmm. idea, like you roll to determine how close you are to what you want it to be. Well, right. It I, could be. It could be a combination of both. It could be a yeah. role to determine a baseline of like, okay, we we know what our physical stats are, and we know like the guiding principle like it's a noble so they have these certain things to them but then like alex is saying like there's other quality you know other other um quantify your uh, uh, qualities basically mm. right that you that you put on there and you could do that in a group round yeah yeah where everybody gets to not not necessarily everybody but you know like I here's my character I'm playing I, I end up with this character and I give it to Jess and Jess writes in like some little blurb about something about my character and then Alex writes in something that is um like is really going to cause problems for me it's yeah. going to be interesting and dramatic <laughs> and fun but it's going to cause problems for me um so then when I get the opportunity to write something for Alex or somebody else gets the opportunity to write something for Alex do I try to coerce them into like hey you know you know what would be really funny yeah <laughs> is if Alex had to deal with this um, and, yeah. and in the right group, you know, consent um, yeah. to play the game that way, you know, session zero, all that stuff you could have in the right group. You can have a lot of fun with just like that could be its own little mini game of just like having fun coming up with this stuff. And now you have to spend like the next two or three hours playing the game, dealing with it. It helps set the tone a lot, too. And mm-hmm. while while they're all talking about it, if we have a GM, the GM because I assume that you would kind of have to need one unless you're adding, unless we're making it very complex for, for some table-based um, like shared jamming uh, it gives the GM some time to think about, okay, what am I going to do while they're actually here? I, yeah, I think this needs a GM. Um, and the GM could probably write one thing on each card to help them set up plot. But uh, I, I have an idea for how, how I might suggest doing this choice is, uh, so everyone makes a character this is the one they want to be. Then everyone, I think, does it again, passing around for like, I'd really like, I guess this one's okay. And then a option of, I don't want to be this person, I think would be good. So everybody has three possibilities and then you roll. Well, yeah. And then I think you, (laughs) what if, what if you lined it out and you have the choice of uh, putting it anywhere in the, on the table from like, two to 12 for where 2d6 would add up to and you get to place where you want to put yours so if you really 
seven's the best bet, but like maybe you you think you'll roll high. I don't know. This would be kind of just gambling at this point. <laughs> but <fine>. if, <laughs> if multiple people are like, well, I'm just going to go for the safe bet and put them at seven, you could accidentally switch into other people's choices, that type of thing. But you roll and whatever you're closest to is like your line. And then you'd roll like evens or odds and you go up or down, something like that. I would want something with a little bit more like less chance and more. Uh, I have a a way of getting into this or making this decision. But I think something like that. What if you have some sort of currency that you can be spending throughout the whole game to make things work in your favor? And if you want to spend it in this beginning time to get what you want, you can use it then. But now you're kind of out of luck when you're actually there you're like you have less of it or maybe you have none of it that works that works for me it's it's a risk a risk reward kind of thing do i do i do i stack the deck with this character that i'm totally ready to play and i know how to take you know take advantage of every capability that they have but then i'm stuck with dice rolls and i have no way to give myself bonuses later or very few ways yeah I, i like that yeah okay I'm, I'm, I'm taking Quantum second coins. Oh. I'm calling you. I'm sorry. Quantum <laughs> They're given to you by the AI. They can also buy Dr. Pib. We could, it could be um, probability. You could literally call it probability. Oh yeah. Probability points. Oh yeah. But, there uh, you go. So that initial thing, we can easily turn it into a push your luck thing where while it, it goes from say seven to 12 you're only rolling one die at a time and you can stop anywhere and choose one of the characters on that level or you can keep going and be like but if you go over that's where the real bad characters are something like that could be interesting to do (laughs) and then the probability coin comes in where you're like oh nope i'm gonna re-roll that one i absolutely don't want to be uh the butler and then you roll even higher and you're like okay well i (laughs) <laughs> and you can sp- I, you can spend all you can spend all your probability points to just move your card to where you ended up yeah boom yeah. all my points are gone i get exactly what i wanted but that's yeah. that's it <laughs> i refuse to play anyone else i made the best character um. I, yeah yeah actually i like i like all of those ideas those are all really good possibilities because yeah i'm thinking we're obviously doing farce at this point of <laughs> having having to basically spend everything you have before you get to the place is very funny to me. Um, and someone will definitely do it when they're just absolutely in, in the, in the weeds trying to pick a character. With the time we have left, I want to mm-hmm. talk about this clock idea. Like you only have a certain amount of time before you're mm-hmm. stuck there or you completely ruin the AI's plans or whatever happens what's a what's a good mechanic to kind of balance that out and um keep the game moving along so i'm imagining like the gm has an idea like you have to go back to time period to retrieve thing before it whatever okay here's here's the thought name the game three days to save humanity and it's always three days that's how much time you have (laughs) so you can build a clock that's always going to work around three days and the gm can do different things to track that yeah, the three days feels good to me. And then you could have yeah. like, like okay, well, now you have your arc already. You have day one, day two, day three. You better accomplish some things. Right. And the GM, can, the GM can almost break it down. Right, sorry. Um, the GM can almost break it down like three-act play. Mm-hmm. The first day, they're 
figuring stuff out, getting there, setting up, figuring out where they got to go and do second day, all the escalation, you know, stuff gets in the way. And then third day they have to deal with like, you know, all the climactic, this and that to, to, to solve the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe they get to it faster or maybe they take it right down to the wire, but it gives a, it, it gives a structure to the GM to say, by, by the end of the second day, we should probably be here <laughs> or otherwise yeah. they're going to have a harder time. And it's a good way mm -hmm. for the GM to track how, how much trouble they're in. Mm -hmm. Also, then you could do when you use a skill, you roll, but say you want, if you take three hours to do said skill, you get it. Like you can just spend that time doing a thing, you know, you can do. And while it sucks, you're losing so much time, you will get it done that yep. way. I think that would work well. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you always have a, it's, you've always got a three day set, mm -hmm. you can quantify that more easily. Cause if the, if the total, if the clock could be any duration, three hours could mean all the time in the world, three hours could be really, really yeah, a, a lot of time to spend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's fun. You could also have like, maybe you really met, you really messed something up and then you also, then you have to take the time to do it. Like some sort of advancement of this clock when, when things go wrong and just breaking it down into little segments to just keep pushing people to not go goofing around too much. Sure. Because uh, okay. I think that's again. I'm thinking from the GM head. Like yeah. I know what my players are gonna do. I know what they're gonna try. Um, I want to let's make sure we're heading toward our destination because we have, you know, this is a three hour game. Come on. I I want to push the farce on that a lot more. Of the AI can communicate with you, <laughs> um, and then when you messed up badly, it's like. If you do not dance with Mrs. Robertson for two hours, the world will end. Like, <laughs> this is getting a little, a little paranoia. <laughs> but that, not that that's a bad thing. And like you can, you can do that where the AI can insert themselves as well. It can almost be like, um, oh, what is the cipher? Uh, uh, the cipher system does it where like the player can voluntarily take a, a, a problem. Yeah, you could do something akin to that where like. Like I've got to get this thing done, and then like the AI comes pops in and says, "Okay, but you have to do this, 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 whatever." Um, and then also you can tie that into we were talking about like if you jump into the body of the noble and you got to make sure that the marriage stays together because they need to have this kid they haven't had yet. Like that becomes something that's going to eat up time. Like the more characters that have those things that they have to deal with, and if they have to spend all the time to do it, then that eats up time. And it, since you know that it's a three day clock. You, you know how to gauge how important, you know, how, how consequential the time that you spend is. I, yeah. I thought of a interesting twist to put on this, which uh, <laughs> comes from, so Craig, you mentioned a, a player sheet where, where you got the brain up top, that's, that's your, your stuff. And then you get the, the random stuff. What if the bottom third uh, is hidden and it has say <laughs> vices? So uh, if you it has, it has what, I'm sorry. Like vices is the word I oh, use, um, right. but they're not actually vices. It's stuff like, oh, sorry, your character does weep uncontrollably if they hear classical music. So you did, <laughs> you will like, so you walk into a scene and they go, uh oh, John, check out uh, your vice too. And they're like, oh my God. All right. So they're just <laughs> crying through the scene and they also can't leave because it's so like, 
like no just so beautiful i've never i've never <laughs> understood music like this it's like the person who listens to the sad song on the radio and has to listen to all the way to the end because they love it so much even though it wrecks them yeah so. no i think that's <laughs> funny it can really play into the type of character you have like you are the theater department costume designer and <laughs> like the gm is knows that when you see you are like so interested in historical dyes and when you see this mm. color purple that that you knew you knew it existed back then you finally have proof now you need you need to go figure this out oh i wasn't even thinking of it as like your vices i was thinking of it as the person back in the days oh no i was thinking like, of it as like the person's vice because like imagine if both. i were going yeah. back in time and i saw something that had like like are you kidding me? That over there is the Library of Alexandria. And if we do not go, I will I will destroy humanity. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Craig, you were going to say something. No, no. Uh, suggestion. This game is a booklet and two decks of cards. The booklet is the rules and all the mind stuff. One deck of cards for your basic body stuff. And then when you do the 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 qualifiers you just put post-it notes and you mm -hmm. attach a post-it note to it people write the qualifiers on that and that's your body um and then the second deck of cards is what we were just talking about it's the all the weird vices and you could actually like you, you need to have the card back so that you can't see anything they yeah. have to flip it over mm -hmm. but then the card itself could have two vices one upside down from the other yeah so when you flip the card over it's a question of which way do you flip it which which text can you read <laughs> mm -hmm. so you could actually put two vices on there one that is going to probably cause problems and one that is going to be you know potentially helpful or one that's funny in one way and one that's sad or mm -hmm. you know and yeah, then you they have you have to shuffle those cards and switch them around and put it on put it on the table without knowing which way you're going to flip it your person could also have like you when you embody say uh this laborer you get a skill or knowledge they have but you also have to like you scooby do it and if you see a sandwich you must eat it like that. <laughs> but you also have like a great sense of smell like <laughs> i don't know why i've decided you'd go into scooby-doo i don't think uh that makes sense to become a dog but yeah shaggy shaggy is also the same way though let's be honest he, he has also been led by his nose along a trail of smell yeah, two souls or one soul, two bodies. <laughs> um. no, I, I mean, I'm I wish we had brought up cards before because now I'm imagining all sorts of possibilities. I'm even imagining like things you could do if you were to make this a GMless game, like having on the vice cards instead of a vice and another vice, it could be a vice and a complication and you could just use the same deck. Like, yeah, you're going to pick some mm. of these to be your vices but the rest of these are going to come up at like the six, the six hour of every clock Here's the new complication you have to deal with. Well, here's the great thing, Jess and Alex. We could actually make this game and incorporate all the stuff that we're going to think about after we get done talking about it or <laughs> we could. You know, decisions we're making now that we didn't make, we didn't <laughs> think about true. before. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, we're out of time here, really. Mm. For We got to start wrapping up here. I, I love talking about games. It's so fun to invent things. <laughs> but it's as easy as that. You don't have to do anything more complicated. You don't have to make any final decisions. And it really doesn't matter if your game's good or not. You made a thing. Now you just got to write it down. And I mean, okay. and I would say if, if someone was like, do you want to play this game at a con and described what we just made of like, oh, you have some cards with vices and you're going back in time and uh, 
maybe you'll get into the right body, maybe not, but you have to make sure that this dog uh, has his day. Uh, and I'd be like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that sounds fun enough. And and a note yeah. too to everybody listening, we didn't even talk about skill checks. No. We did we did we determined all sorts yeah. of mechanics that fit the theme, that mm-hmm. do the thing we want to do, and the skill the skill checks could literally just be you know d sixes and target numbers mm-hmm. with with like you know three three or four possible possible results based on what you're rolling. No. So, you know, like the the core mechanic doesn't always have to do all the, the heavy lifting. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of great games have a subsidiary mechanic that does the heavy lifting for the theme yeah it could be as easy as you you did it or you didn't there doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that you know i'm, I'm getting rid of all this we're doing it with a jenga tower or a plinko board that's all <laughs> um, <laughs> a dartboard a dartboard oh man some dexterity <laughs> get real dangerous uh alex thanks for making three days to save humanity with us <laughs> oh man this is Majora's Mask. We just made Majora's Mask. We That's did all that make is. Majora's Mask, except Majora's it, Mask, you can go back three times before the dawn of the, before the final day. Before the you can actually go back infinite times. So well, you can go back infinite times, but you only have a span of three days. Okay, I guess that's true. Yeah, Never mind. that's the exact thing. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, but that's a video game. This is a t- tabletop yeah. role playing game. This is perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why it's different. Also, also it's you're not, not a tree. Yeah. <laughs> there are well, no masks he wasn't Link involved. either. He went hey, into hey, another hey, person's hey, body. Hey, hey. <laughs> he didn't go into another person's body. He wore a mask and it changed him into a little, little guy. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Alex, uh, where can we find you? Where I'm gonna find you and fight you in the living room in two seconds. Let's where can where can everyone else on the internet and yeah. uh, our listeners find you? Well, my home address is uh no I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just did that to see Jess's face as if I was going to actually say it. Uh, you can find me at Kitty Crusade on Twitter and wannabegames.com is where we have all our game stuff. Uh, I'm I'm other places, but don't find me there. Uh, you can just find me on Twitter. I think that's good. Well, we can keep a, a, a gap between me and the listener elsewise. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jaska. I'm like Alex said. You can find our games at wannabegames.com or Drive Through RPG or Itch under the same name, Wannabe Games. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, everything um, was already said for me. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me at Nerdburger Craig on Twitter. Right now, um, we're recording this early, so I have no idea how it's doing when you're hearing this. But right now, Code Warriors is on Kickstarter. Uh, so fingers crossed it's doing well. Go check it out. Kickstarter, Code Warriors. And if you're looking to buy PDFs of any of my games, uh, do it by backing Kickstarter and getting the PDFs as add ons, and you'll, you'll get them cheaper. Thank you to our theme song, our opening and closing theme song, which is Avel by Steph Sachs, which was licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you, Steph Sachs. And thank all of you for listening. And we'll see you back here next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.